This is the Jesus Only Speaks to the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Tuesday, August the 17th, 2021. We are quickly approaching 4.30 in the afternoon here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. So this past weekend we celebrated the Feast of the Assumption of our Blessed Mother Mary. We celebrate her being assumed body and soul directly into heaven. Uh, it's been a feast that has been, uh, in the ancient history of the church, we celebrated as the feast of the dormition of our Blessed Mother, which basically means the falling asleep of our Blessed Mother. And of course, she is then taken directly into heaven. Um, I always find it interesting that from the perspective of, of evidence, uh, this is just, I'm not going to be able to make the entire case right now. I want to I stay focused on the, the core of the message. But, you know, factually speaking, there's historical documents to show that are, that are non-religious, secular in nature, that show the existence of our Blessed Mother Mary. And of course, the existence of Jesus, who is uh, a major historical figure. You know, there's if we were to go to visit the actual body and bones of Jesus, where would we go? I mean, historical figures at the time, you would go and you would know, we could go and know exactly where their, their bones and bodies are, are, are and pay our respects and visit their tombs. Same thing with our Blessed Mother Mary in the sense that this is the mother of this great historical figure at the very least, right? Obviously, Jesus is Lord. He is Savior. He is God existed as a man as well. It's a historical fact. The secular writings of those historians at the time prove that and prove that, that Jesus had a great following and that he worked, well, he, they didn't say he worked miracles, that he was a doer of startling deeds. Of course, we know what those were. But staying on task, what I want to point out is that our Blessed Mother, if we were to go to visit the body and the bones of, our, of, of Mary, of Israel. Where would we go? Where where do we go to pay those respects? We don't. There's no place to actually go. You know, the body of our Blessed Mother, the bones of our Blessed Mother, there's no place to pay those respects. There's, I believe there may be a tomb dedicated to her, but there's no bones within that tomb. Why? Well, we believe our faith, our faith tells us that our Blessed Mother was assumed body and soul into heaven. So just think about that and, and meditate upon that fact, the fact that there's no place to go to visit the actual bones, body and bones of Jesus or Mary. So very important to understand that fact. I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm going to mention it very, very briefly uh, because we do have... Uh, we have listeners in Pakistan, and I actually had a message on Facebook. We had some messages asking us to uh, congratulate them on their the celebration of their Independence Day, was on, which was on August 14th. Uh, I was unaware of the exact year, but the, uh, the kind listener let me know it was August 14th of 1947. Pakistan received their independence and asked that we would uh, make an announcement. So happy Independence Day to those listeners in Pakistan. What a, what a blessed celebration that is. We thank you for your support. Been a very, very supportive of, of this mission uh, that we're doing here 
And of course, I would be negligent if I didn't mention the neighboring country, what's going on uh, in the neighboring country of Afghanistan as we speak. And uh, regardless of one's political views, uh, I think that the, the theme in America right now, regardless, left wing, right wing, center, whatever you are, is everybody, I think, is pretty much on the same page. Just at this point, get the Americans that are in Afghanistan home safely. So, Lord Jesus, humbly and kindly ask that you would take care of it, that you would take care of this situation. We thank you and we love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to need God's grace in order to see a successful recovery uh, mission at this point to get everybody home safely. So, Moving into the podcast for today, the message, as promised, is still, of course, we're in the midst of this Surrender Novena. Surrender Novena Day 4, that's the title of this message. So the first, the last few weeks have been the Surrender Novena Day 1, Day 2, Day 3, this is Day 4. Quick recap, the Surrender Novena. Jesus gives this Surrender Novena to an Italian priest in the 1960s. Father Dolindo Rotula, who, of course, was the spiritual director for then Padre Pio, who is now, of course, a saint. So Padre Pio had the greatest respect for this, 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 this Italian priest. Actually, I believe he said that, the parad- that all paradise is in this man's soul, this priest's soul. So we know the great saint that St. Padre Pio is, and this was his, from the human standpoint, his, what was his spiritual director? It was his, it was his, uh, someone he looked up to, his, I, I, in the most respectful way, I say his, his go-to guy, right? His, the, the person he went to when he needed anything. So that's how important Father Delindo Rotulo was at the, at, during this time. This message, of course, the Surrender Novena, fully approved by the church, and I want to recap a few things in terms of what we've learned about the Serena Novena thus far before we practice Serena Novena Day 4. Three questions I'm going to ask you as listeners. Uh, and if you've been paying attention in the last few weeks, they, they, hopefully these come, come rather easily to you. If not, you're going to learn something either way. There's going to be a great benefit to both you and me because we're both learning along the way. We're all works in progress, right? What is the opposite? This will be the first question I'm asking you. That we've learned this over the last few weeks from the Surrender Novena taken from what Jesus is teaching us in this Surrender Novena. What is the opposite of surrender? What is the opposite of surrender? Ponder that for a moment. I'll ask the question slightly differently to lead you uh, if perhaps you're struggling with the answer. What goes directly against surrender? It's the same question. Question number one. What is the opposite of surrender? What goes directly against surrender? The answer, the opposite of surrender, what goes directly against surrender, according to what Jesus says, is worry. Worrying. That is what Jesus is saying is the opposite or the or what goes against this 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 what goes against surrender. 
Now remember this, Padre Pio, of course, now is a saint. I guess he is often referred to as Saint Padre Pio. At this point, I'm going to refer to him as Saint Padre Pio. Saint Padre Pio was famous for saying, pray, hope, and don't worry. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Now, I wonder, is Father Delindo very influential in the choosing of those words, specifically those last two words, don't worry? Right? Father Delindo must have told, at the time, Padre Pio, now St. Padre Pio, those words, don't worry, Father, don't worry. And that's what Jesus is saying, that the opposite, if we're truly surrendering to Jesus, worrying doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, the very first line in day one is, Jesus says, why do you confuse yourselves? By worrying. Jesus then goes on to say, leave the care of your affairs to me and everything will be peaceful. Everything will be peaceful. I'm not going to read the rest of day one at the moment, but I'm going to go right to day two, take a look and see. Jesus is saying, and as he begins day two, this reinforcing the answer, if you will, to, to the question number one, Jesus says, surrender to me does not mean to fret or to be upset or to lose hope, nor does it mean offering to me a worried prayer, asking me to follow you and change your worry into prayer. It is against this surrender, deeply against it. To worry or to be nervous or to desire to think about the consequences of anything. So here we have that answer where Jesus is saying it is against the surrender to worry. It's against the surrender to be nervous. If we've completely surrendered ourselves to Jesus, the nervousness and worry has dissipated. That's what our Lord is saying. The only way that we're truly able to surrender to Jesus, by the way, is with his grace. That's this, the, the, the reality of this. And we know that because in the Last Supper, Jesus says that. He says that in the, in, where Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Right? Without me, you can do nothing. So we need the grace of Jesus to be able to surrender to Jesus. That's the whole thing. That is the reality. Question number two. How do we receive the effect or the result that we desire? How do we receive the result or the effect that we desire? The best thing I can do here, the absolute best thing, is just simply quote Jesus. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I can already hear the rebuttal. I can already, but, but remember this. Jesus only speaks the truth. If Jesus says it, it's true. Anything that runs counter to the words of Jesus, by definition, must be untrue. The question, of course, I repeat, how do we receive the effect we desire? Well, in day one, Jesus says this. Our Lord says, I say to you in truth that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect that you desire and resolves 
all difficult situations. I want you to take a, please, I'd like you to take a moment to just ponder that for a moment. Our Lord is simply saying, if you, to receive what you desire, surrender to Jesus. That's why I go back to, we take a look at what Jesus says in the Diary of Divine Mercy, where our Lord identifies himself as love and mercy itself, which means what? That he is, in fact, what? The divine mercy. We find that out. What is mercy? Mercy is goodness. Mercy is kindness. Mercy is compassion. We find out in the Diary of Divine Mercy that divine mercy, which is Jesus, is Jesus is the source of of all graces, of all blessings, of all miracles, of our happiness, of our joy. So when we understand what we're surrendering to, Jesus, we also understand that we are surrendering to all these great and blessed and wondrous things. Moving into question number three. And then I'll move into the, to practice the day four surrender novena. Question, what happens when we truly say to Jesus, Thy will be done? Or, Jesus, you take care of it. Remember this, Jesus does say, I'm taking all this from the Shredder Novena. All this information is within that, it's within the last few weeks that we read. It's within this, this, this Novena itself. Jesus said that sent, truly saying to him, Thy will be done. Or Jesus, you take care of it. Jesus is saying that's the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, let's rewind for a moment to the Diary of Divine Mercy. Where Jesus says that when we submit to God's will, when we, when we, when we surrender to his will, which is love and mercy itself, we find out. Jesus is promising us two, two great promises. There's many Two great, two really great ones. And I, I, I hope that you never forget. I hope I never forget them. Jesus said, when we, Jesus said when we surrendered to God's merciful will, we receive a sea of blessings. A sea of blessings. What is that? That's just all the good things that you want. It's all the good things I want. It's all, the, all those treasures. It's happiness. We have, we have to say yes to God. That's the, that's the key that really unlocks this entire sea of good things and this sea of blessings. We have a men's prayer group that we have at our parish, and, and I was asked to uh, be the MC for this, for this powerful group. It's called That Man Is You. I've mentioned it one or two times on the, on the air here. And I began last year by saying that the most powerful prayer we can say is yes to God. I didn't say that on my own volition. I was repeating, in effect, what Jesus said in the Diary of Divine Mercy, where Jesus is saying that, that that is the key. Obedience, yes to God, saying yes to God's will, be, saying thy will be done. That's the most powerful prayer we can say. Jesus, of course, reinforces that in this novena as well, of course, as our Lord's words are always in harmony with one another. Our Lord does not contradict himself. And this surrender novena exemplifies the reality that the greatest prayer we can say to Jesus is, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord God, yes to his will, thy will be done. I surrender to you, Lord Jesus. And that's also 
how we, what? Receive the effect we desire. So the question, what happens when we truly say to Jesus, thy will be done, or Jesus, you take care of it, I already tell you, receive a sea of blessings, but in a very direct way, the answer is this according to the surrender novena. What Jesus says is, if you say to me truly, thy will be done, which is the same as saying, you take care of it. Jesus says, I will intervene with all my omnipotence. And I will resolve the most difficult situations. You know, many times, many times I think what, what happens is, remember this, in the Diary of Divine Mercy, we find out that the two great, Jesus says, the two greatest obstacles to holiness are what? Exaggerated anxiety and discouragement. Now, I think we all know that that's true. We've lived it. Right? We've lived it. We've seen it. We all are. We have runaway thoughts. What happens if this happens? What, what happens if this? Or the discouragement. Just one, get, one begins to give up. Right? That's, that's what the enemy wants. It's not what Jesus wants. Right? The two things don't go hand in hand, clearly. So exaggerated anxiety and discouragement are the two greatest obstacles to holiness. What I've found and I, in life through experience and also through talking to people i think most people i, I don't have a tremendous amount of evidence to support this but i am going to give my opinion on this matter i think what prevents what jesus obviously what jesus says is completely completely and totally true the two greatest obstacles exaggerated anxiety and discouragement and to take that into the to the next portion of how that manifests into our lives. When we look at the attendance at church, why isn't it packed? Should be packed, right? I mean, we're going to receive the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Why isn't it packed? I think the answer, very simply, is because People doubt two things. Two things I think is the, the main doubts here. The goodness of Jesus, his kindness, his mercy, his goodness, and they doubt his power, his omnipotence. They doubt that he can take care of the problem that they have. So they're either doubting that, that, that Jesus can handle it, whether he's whether he has the power or they're doubting whether he's good enough, whether he's actually like would love them enough to do it. Maybe it's that they feel as though they're so guilty with their lives and whatever. But the, the point, those are the two primary doubts, I believe. Question is, are they true? Of course not. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that is, those are absolute lies. Jesus is goodness love mercy itself that's what he is he is all things good and the more we believe in his goodness 
the more we receive. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just draw on the diet of my mercy. I wasn't planning on reading this right now, but if I draw right to page 200, diary notation, 453, page 200 in this diary. Jesus says, this would have been a quick date. August, here we go, August 1935. Was that? I'm going to go, uh, it's almost about 80, yeah, 86 years ago to the, almost to the day. Jesus says, why are you fearful and why do you tremble when you are united to me? I am displeased when a soul yields to vain terrors. Who will dare to touch you when you are with me? Most dear to me is the soul that strongly believes in my goodness and has complete trust in me. I heap my confidence upon it and give it all it asks. Amen. Jesus says, most dear to me is the soul that strongly believes in my goodness. Strongly believes in his goodness. Complete trust in him. What does that mean? Completely surrender to him. The more we believe Jesus is good, the more easily we surrender. Because we know what we're surrendering to. I mean, logically, once we understand that, from a, from just the, the, the logical standpoint, it makes no sense not to surrender. That's kind of where we're going with this whole thing is, ultimately, I'm hoping that you, me, and anybody who hears this message would say, well, it only makes sense to surrender. It would be, I'd be a fool not to be wasting my time otherwise. Jesus is saying he, he strongly believes. Pardon me. Most dear to him, most dear to Jesus is the soul that strongly believes in his goodness and has complete trust in him. Then Jesus is promising that he heaps, a, he heaps his confidence upon it, meaning the soul, meaning you, me, whomever, and gives it all we ask. Now, how could he give us all we ask unless he had power and authority over all things? So moving into doubt number two right there, Doubting that when people doubt that Jesus can handle a situation, of course that's a lie. First of all, look at Scripture for just a split second. So if if, if you believe in the Bible, you you by definition are you're believing in Jesus. You're believing that these words are true. Remember what Jesus says when he first resurrected from the dead. His first thing he says in the Gospel of Saint Matthew. Jesus says, "All power." Some translations say, "All authority." Jesus says, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We're on earth. So whatever issue is going on in our lives, Jesus has power over it. So those two doubts that I referenced, they're not only doubts, but they're lies. They're, they go against what Jesus says. Jesus only speaks the truth. Those two doubts go against the truth. Jesus says in Scripture, He is the truth. Therefore, what? Every word He says is true. So when those two doubts, you compare those two doubts, you contrast those two doubts of when people say they doubt, what they say with their actions or their words, whatever, if, they're, if they doubt the Lord's goodness, His mercy, His kindness, His compassion, or they doubt His power, or they doubt both, those doubts are actually untrue. As I've said before, what sense 
does it make to believe something that's not true? Doesn't make any sense. So logically, it is a it's a flawed, it's flawed in, in, in its logic. And I think from our head sometimes we understand that. It has to sometimes get into our heart. Sometimes it happens in our heart first and it gets to our head. Sometimes it happens in our head first, it gets to our heart. But with God's grace, it will penetrate both. My point ultimately is that Jesus can handle it. He's saying in this, in that, in that sentence that his omnipotence is going to take over. His power, his authority is going to take over. His his goodness is there. He's already described himself, right? Strongly believe in his goodness, and his power is going to come in and take over it. There is nothing on this earth. There's nothing on this earth that Jesus cannot handle. Logically, if you follow the logic that I just drew out, that's the only conclusion that we can get to. So no matter what you have going on, I I don't know what it is. I don't know what you could have, whatever. The great news, as we say, Jesus, spread the good. The good news is Jesus can handle it. And he will handle it if you want. Ask him. And that's what we're going to do right now. So, segueing into the actual practice of the day four novena for the surrender novena. I hope you join us. It takes less than five minutes per day to say this, this novena. We'll begin, of course, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The surrender novena. We begin with a prayer to our Blessed Virgin Mary. Mother, I am yours now and forever, through you and with you. I always want to belong completely to Jesus. Amen. Surrender Novena, day number four. Lord Jesus, with your grace, I recall your words aloud. Do you see... Evil growing instead of weakening. Do not worry. Close your eyes and say to me with faith, Thy will be done. You take care of it. I say to you that I will take care of it and that I will intervene as does a doctor. And I will accomplish miracles when they are needed. Do you see that the sick person is getting worse? Do not be upset, but close your eyes and say, you take care of it. I say to you that I will take care of it and that there is no medicine more powerful than my loving intervention. By my love, I promise this to you. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. 
Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. We love you and we thank you. And we believe you. Lord Jesus, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening, supporting, and sharing the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.